0: Well, we uh, we are really glad that you're here today, and, and uh, man, just just I hope that you have that sense of a little bit of expectancy in your heart of, of what God is doing this season in our lives and in our church. And last week, and you know, we've been all year just celebrating as God is just really speaking to the hearts of people. And last week, we just got to celebrate with a special gentleman named Damon uh, David Inman. We want to give it up for him who was, gave his life to Jesus last weekend. <laughs> was awesome stuff. Really, really great stuff. Man, we've had a big weekend. Friday night, I don't know if any of you were here, but this room was full. We had a... Just a wonderful worship service Friday night and a great meal. And so thank you to the volunteers that pulled that off. I know it was a ton of work. Uh, yesterday, this room was full with uh, about a 100 uh, of our friends in the deaf community that were here. Had a, a really huge gathering and, and a worship service. Just an incredible, incredible thing. That, that, to see how that ministry has grown, what God kind of laid on our hearts to explore that and, and to... to to reach those people who are so underreached for Jesus, it's just been amazing to see how God's using that um, and just just blows me away. Uh, one, one other thing I want to remind you, just don't forget next Sunday to bring your special Christmas ornament that represents your family. Uh, so jot a note, put it on your reminder on your phone or whatever so that you have that because uh, we're going to use those as part of the service and that's uh, just a really neat moment that we're going to share together as a church family. So don't forget to bring those next week. And I'm really excited to share with you what uh, what God's laid on my heart for today because I've been thinking about Thanksgiving and taking the time to reflect. The one thing that really came to my mind this year is is how grateful I am for you know, all, all the gifts that God gives us, but I'm, I'm just really, really grateful for the gift of, of a church, the church family, the family of God. I'm really thankful, and, and I've been thinking about how just the relationships that are forged here and how, how life change happens when God grabs a hold of you and you grab a hold of him. It's, it's really amazing stuff. There's a really bold message in Colossians chapter 1, Paul writes this and he says that God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret, that Christ lives in you this gives you assurance of sharing his glory I know if you realize what a big statement that is that's bold man that is really bold this is, is a secret that was hidden for many generations a lot of people didn't understand this or know it but now you know that christ lives in you and because of that we, we have to remember and know that we will share his glory in heaven and that's why as a church the primary mission of God's people is that we are to be about reaching the lost, that we are, we are people. We, we do a lot of good things, and we're excited to see how God will bless our generosity. And yes, we love to see kids get Christmas gifts on Christmas. And yes, we love to see addicts that break the chains of addiction, and we love to see single moms you know, provided for it. All those things are good, very good, but they are secondary. To the main, the main mission of the church, which is to reach the lost, to see those people come into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ, because now we're talking about eternity. And, and we can't ever forget how important that is, and that's why we give. We, we want to meet needs, but all of those things are secondary to the main thing which is to see people come to know Jesus Christ. And that's, this is how we show love to the community. We want people to know that God loves them. And I want to look at a passage in the New Testament in uh, Galatians chapter 6. and just want to share a few things that I love about the family of God. These are just things that I think, man, when I'm really thankful for the church. And I'm just, I, I'm, a, I'm kind of a blessed guy because <clears throat> I grew up in the church. So it was, it was always kind of part of my life. My grandparents are faithful we're faithful people and just loved well and, and, and served well. And, and uh, you know, a lot of seeing my, my mom and her faith and how she built that into us also. It's just, I, I've been blessed in the sense that God has always been a part of my life. You know, there's always, I've always known the church. There's been times that I've rebelled and didn't really want to be there. And maybe that's some of you here today, you're like, I'm here, but I, you know, maybe you kind of got that little itch. And I've, I've been there, I understand that. But there's a sweetness, just there's something that, that God does among his people when we come together. And one of the things that I'm so grateful for is to know that the church builds people up instead of beating them up. In Galatians 6 verse 1, Paul says, dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. That's a good little statement there, by the way. You know, maybe if you know somebody in your life that's really struggling in some area, uh, but you, you know it might be a, an area of weakness for you. If, if you've got a, you know, problem with alcoholism, maybe maybe that's something that you, you've struggled with, you know, and you've got a buddy that's you know, maybe, maybe it's better that you don't go pick him up from the bar. Maybe send somebody else, you know, or, or whatever the case may be. That's what he's kind of communicating is we, we, we want to help people, but also be careful because unfortunately, we're all going to be in a position at some point where we're overcome by sin. And this is certainly the, the situation before we ask Jesus to save us, but, but even after that time, there, there's moments when the pool of temptation is so strong. And it just, it just seems so overwhelming. We find ourselves at a weak moment when we slip and fall. What do we do as a church, as a family? What do we do when we see someone who is our brother, who is our sister, and they've fallen into some kind of sinful lifestyle that is, is messing up their life? What do we do? That's the thing I love about the church. This is how we are. <clears throat> I hope that you know this, that we're different, we're distinct. From the rest of the world, church is not a social club. It is, it is, uh, it is the family of God. What do we do? We, because what we what we see in the world is is two different extremes. When somebody's messing their life up, the world we either see them. It's either cancel or reject. You know, it's it's either hey you you are rejected forever. You know, I'm going to blast you all over social media. I'm going to make sure this everybody knows about what you're doing and, you know, kind of that cancel culture type thing. Or it's the other extreme, which is just ignore. You know, hey, you do you. Whatever. I don't care. I'm going to focus on me. I don't care what you do. But neither of those things are what God has called his people to do. Neither one. It's, it's, so, much, it's so much better what he calls us to. His ways are so much higher The teaching here is if you see someone in trouble help them that's what he says if you see somebody in need you who are you who are following God gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path it's a beautiful thing when it happens it's it's what we see in the church it's it's what we call it restoration we see a person being restored back when the Holy Spirit is working through his church because the devil wants to do, uh, that's the problem, he wants to drag you away from God, and then once he's dr- drugged you away, he kicks you when you're down. Just wants to continue to beat you up. You know, when I talk to people who've fallen into some kind of sin, the, the thing that's, that's amazing is not only is the, the, the brokenness of their choices and the problems there, but also the guilt that they're carrying and the shame. You know, I'm doing this and I'm so, uh, you know, I, I feel so bad about it, but I just, it's just how it is because that's how it works. But God is all about Second chances, and if we're going to be the people that God's called us to be, we need to be about second chances too. Ephesians 5 says that we should imitate God, imitate him in everything we do because we are his dear children, so we live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. If we're going to do that, we, we have to be people that offer grace, uh, we, 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 and we do that. We, I, I see that so well here at, at this place, at Fairdale Christian Church, I see that, uh, you know, maybe I'm a little biased, but I, I, I see that so beautifully and, and uh, I, I'm just so proud of, of who God has made us to be. That's our heart. We don't want to be a place that beats people up. We want to be a place that builds people up. And the second thing that I'm grateful for, though, when I think about, man, I just love the church. I just love it. It's that the church is a burden lifter, not a burden giver. You think about what that means, you know, that we're, we're sharing the load. We want to help carry one another's burdens. That, uh, that uh, passage goes on in Galatians 6 and verse 2. It says, share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think that you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. That just kind of cuts, doesn't it? But I love, I love that when the, when the Bible just kind of holds a mirror up to us a little bit. You're not that important. You've you got to share each other's burdens. And verse 4 says, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. Now, you've got to understand this, this passage is talking about two different types of people. There are those who put burdens on you, and then there are those who take burdens off of you. And Jesus taught that, that religion, and that's what religion does, religious people. You know, Jesus, and we, we say this often, that Jesus doesn't call you to follow a religion. He's called you into a relationship with him. There's a, there is a difference. And, and, but he, he says that religion and religious people, law-based people... Non-relational people, legalistic people, they put heavy burdens on people. Duties and responsibilities, and there's no help, lots of expectations. And some of you, maybe you've been in a religious environment like that, and that maybe that's part of your story in your past. That you've been a part of a, a place or church. Or uh you know, I, I love hearing people's stories and kind of knowing like where you came from and how you got here. Uh, and, and, and for some of you, that's been your experience. man, it was all rules, rules and, and, and all this stuff. And it was just, I'm tired. And, and Jesus said, that's, that's it. When, when we have that experience of, of heavy burdens, he says, if you'll come to me, I will help you carry that. All you who are weary and heavy laden, come to me and you'll find rest for your souls because my yoke is easy. He said, my burden is light. He's saying that religious, demanding, legalistic-based people, they're going to put burdens on you. They're burden givers. And Jesus is a burden lifter. He helps you. That's one of the reasons that we need each other. Uh, because some of you are carrying burdens that are not laid on you by any kind of religious thing, but just life. You've got stress, and you've got problems, and there's things on your mind that are weighing you down and, and keeping you up at night, and you need someone to help you carry that. And there's going to come a time in your life, if you're not there right now, you will be. There'll be a time when you're going to need other people who are following Jesus to help you. That's a big part of my job is, and I'm honored to be able to do that, but a big part of my job is helping people carry burdens. You know, how can we, how can we walk together in this? How can we find, you know, find hope through this? And, And that's a, that's a big, big part of it. But but there, I've, I've been really blessed to be on the receiving end. And some of you in here, man, you have really carried me at different points. Uh, it was just a few months ago that our family uh, went through a really, really tough trial. And, I, you know, I've shared this. I think maybe, maybe you've heard it. Uh, but if you haven't been around, maybe you haven't heard this. But it just uh, this past summer, uh, got a call out of the blue, my, my mom had a severe health issue her heart stopped and she she collapsed and and uh it was such a shock um, and every doctor was telling us that she wasn't going to survive people don't survive this uh, they had to do cpr and, and uh, shock her heart and all this and uh, just not good you know then there the question is how long is the brain gone without oxygen so the the best case scenario that we were faced with was uh if she survives this which probably you know 95% chance that she won't but if she does she won't be the same person and so you need to find her her living will you need to be making those decisions. And so suddenly I'm faced with all these things that I wasn't expecting to have to deal with in this moment. And, and I'll I tell you, you know, there's a lot of times I, I would love for you to see me as a strong guy and, uh, man, I, you know, spiritually mature and oh, I got faith in Jesus. But I'm going to tell you right now in that moment, I was so beyond angry and sad and confused and discouraged, not to mention exhausted. We were living at the hospital for days. Uh, overwhelmed was uh, maybe maybe the word that I would use. But I I, I I tell you this, I could not believe the number of calls from you guys, text messages, so many people that were praying for us, uh, the cards that were sent. We had hundreds of cards that were sent to my mom. I'd say half of them came from Fairdale Christian Church. People that never even had met my mom, but sent cards and... Uh, and it, because of the prayers of so many people, who who care about us, care about our family, God miraculously healed her. I, I uh, as a matter of fact, so this just happened this last week, or a couple of weeks ago. I was, I was talking to mom. She had a, a, a appointment with her cardiologist, and she calls me and she said, "Yeah, they were checking my uh, my numbers." you know, testing the strength of my heart and checking the output, and I don't understand all the numbers, but she was saying, it's, uh, it's interesting, she said, the doctor said that her heart is stronger and more efficient now than it was before this event, which is unbelievable, and she said, how do you explain that? And the doctor said, we, we don't have any explanation. I said, I do, I know exactly why, yeah. because our God... Is a good God, and because of the prayers of so many people. I had three different conversations with three different families last week who all told me this. It was, it was roughly the same conversation. These, these three different people, they said, you know, we, we haven't been coming to church for a while. We've kind of fallen away, whether it was through, you know, the pandemic or whatever. We got, you know, either out of necessity or out of, you know, just kind of just got out of the routine, the rhythm of it, whatever. We, we kind of got out of it. But uh, <clears throat> we, we've, we've really been missing it. And we've realized that our lives were better when we were with our church family. And so we're coming back. And I, I just, I've been noticing that with people lately. It's kind of like, man, something's off in my life. What is it that I'm missing? It's the fellowship of God's people. There's something really special. And that's what this verse is talking about. Share each other's burdens. You weren't meant to go through life all on your own. God puts you in a family. When Jesus saved you, he put you in a family. And here's the last thing I want to talk about from this this passage here today. It's kind of lift our eyes a little bit is that great things happen when the church is faithful. That is really, really I've just seen that over and over and over again. Great things happen when God's people say, Lord, we just we just want to be faithful to you. What do you want us to do? Where do you want us to go? How do you want us to serve? What do you want us to give? What is this going to look like? You tell us and we will do it. When God's people have that, when we have that mentality, when our hearts are postured that way, man, that's when great things happen. verse 7 in Galatians 6, he says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. You reap what you sow. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. He's talking about the principle of, of sowing and reaping, you know, planting and harvest. And you plant an apple seed, you get an apple tree. And, uh, you know, and the harvest is always much more than, than what you planted, you know. It's not like you plant one seed and get one seed. You get, you know, thousands, uh, you know, there's no, and there's no measure to how many you, that, that you can get. And there, there's those of you that maybe you're into economics and you already know this. Amazing how those of you who are wise with your money, You invest a little bit faithfully over a long period of time, and those small investments will grow into a large return. Uh, And and you'll have much more than what you started with. You have much more than what you you initially put in. So I'll say this. Number one, you reap what you sow. We all harvest whatever it is that we're planting. So if we are giving rules to people, expect to get rules. Uh, if, If you are nitpicking people... Expect to get nitpicked if we're loving people the odds are pretty good that uh, That we're gonna get loved if we're encouraged people if you're an encourager. There's pretty good odds That you're gonna be encouraged we reap what we sow and not only do we reap what we sow, but we reap where we sow If you put all your time into your marriage, you're gonna reap a harvest there If you put all your time and energy into your children, you're going to reap a harvest there. If you spend all your time at work, you may be very fruitful at work. You will reap a harvest there. Now, your family may be falling apart, but you will reap where you sow. And so as Christians, we've got to look at our life, and this is where priorities come into play. This is what I'm I'm driving towards. Ultimately, many of the, the pains and the problems that we have, they don't sneak up on us. If you're hurting today, if there's something going on, it, it probably didn't just come out of nowhere. Our lives, just, they, they just don't get sideways overnight. There's been a lot of planting bad seed, and then we harvest garbage, and we wonder what happened, we can't seem to figure that out. You think of it like with your health, if you're planting seeds of a, of a poor diet, Uh, bad nutrition it may take a while but you will reap the consequences to that you you will you will reap what you sow you can so with lots of financial mismanagement maybe you won't feel the full pain until you reap the consequences of of that later on in, in life you neglect your relationship with with your spouse or your friend or your lord or your kids or And and it seems to work for a little while, you kind of, you know, getting through. But someday it it breaks because you you reap what you sow. That's what he says. You cannot mock the justice of God. A lot of people think that they can, but you, you can't. You won't. You will always harvest what you plant. And this is what I love about the church. Because the family of God is a place where we can be encouraged and challenged and cheered for you know sometimes I think we kind of bristle at the idea of being pushed because maybe you've been pushed too hard you know at work or maybe you've had people that really didn't care about you and they pushed you just because they wanted results out of you it wasn't that they really wanted you know wanted what was good for you they just they just wanted what was good for them ultimately and so, maybe we've got a little bad taste in our mouth, but there is something life changing about a good coach or somebody that really cares about you and sees potential and, and pushes you because they know that if you, they know what can happen if you will give it all you got. And I think that's what the church really is that we're a place that we push each other, we challenge each other because we know that God has made us for more. God wants to do something in your life that's beyond what you could imagine all that we could ever ask or imagine great things happen when the church is faithful great things happen lives are changed for eternity family stories for generations are changed and and you think every person in here is a story how did you get here what happened what are the things that took place the conversations the the, the, the grace that was shown, you know, whatever in your background that led you to be here today. It's just, I love that stuff, God doing the work of changing people's lives one by one. I want to share a, want to share a story with you, and I asked his permission if I could share this. But there's a young man in our church, he's a, he's a junior in high school, and uh, his name is, is Brandon Whitehouse, great kid, and uh, his family... They have been members of our church for several years. Brandon accepted Jesus as his savior just a couple of years ago. And, uh, and he was asked a couple of weeks ago by his English teacher to write an essay on the most important community that he's a part of. You can write about anything. And his mom shared this with me, and, I, and they said that I could, Brandon said I could share it with you. But here's, here's what he wrote He said, I believe that my church community is the most important community that I'm a part of, because I feel comfortable. I feel a purpose there. And there are so many good people. My church is an important part of me. I go there every week. And on Sunday, I spend a lot of my day there. I have close relationships with everyone there. Church is always the highlight of my week. I'm always looking forward to it. And when I'm there, I can forget about any struggles going on and just enjoy my life. All my anxieties are lifted. I'm able to grow my faith with these people. I'm always in a good mood. I feel comfortable at my church. I'm more open with the people there. I don't feel nervous around any of them. I trust my church community and could tell them anything. My faith has grown. I can connect with people that are also trying to grow in their faith. When I'm at church, I'm more open open compared to when I'm at school or someplace else it's almost like I'm a different person when I'm there I'm able to be myself a lot more energetic and talkative many other things at church I usually have better conversations with others than I would somewhere else I am a lot more involved and willing to get out of my comfort zone I just have a good time there and have a lot of fun we're bonded together I have a purpose at my church I help out and serve, I volunteer. I started teaching a middle school class for our youth group. I decided to do this not too long ago and have loved it ever since. I feel it is a purpose because I get a chance to impact these students and help them with their faith. They're like a second family to me. Some of the best relationships I've made have been because of my church family. I've met the most important people in my life there, and have found my purpose. I don't know what you were like as a junior in high school. (laughs) I, I don't know what your story was when you were a junior in high school, but I think, man, this kid, I'm so proud of him, but I'm also just so so thankful that he can say that about this church family. That that's... His experience. These people have changed because of what's happened here. It's changed my life. And his faith in the Lord is growing and that's made the biggest difference. That's just one story of so many that have been changed by God because of the faithfulness of the people here. And not just right now, but for decades and decades and decades of people following the Lord as faithful as we can be. That's why we give. That's why we love. That's why we serve. That's why we teach. That's why we challenge each other. That's why we want to push each other so we can be real people rooted in Jesus together. Galatians 6, 9. I love the hope of this verse. It says, let's not get tired of doing what is good because at just the right time That's my problem. I keep wanting to get out ahead of God a little bit. Sometimes we get disappointed or discouraged because we think, well, I tried, I tried, and nothing happened, nothing happened. I would say nothing's happened yet. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So thank you all for your faith, for your generosity. God's going to use your gifts to bring honor to the name of Jesus. We're going to have a time of communion now. A service is going to serve us. We wanted to put it at the end of the service today because we just wanted to, to uh, kind of respond that way. You know, sometimes we get a little lost in all that and maybe it goes by a little quick. I just wanted us to kind of pause a little bit at the cross and just take the time to say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. So let me pray in our Server server's going to serve us. Father, we are thankful for the good that you show us every day. We're thankful for the gifts that you give us. But of all of them, the greatest was the gift of your son, Jesus. Because he, he lived and he taught and he died and he rose again, we are different people. We have a confidence that's not in ourselves, but it is in crucifixion and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus we know that his death purchased our salvation and his resurrection is what gives us hope of life eternal So, Lord as we share together in in this supper right now help us Lord to just to pause and to give you thanks because you are worthy of all the honor and the glory forever in Jesus name I pray, Amen Thank you.